What's up, Charlotte and surrounding? It's your boy, Lim Houston, on the microphone. And do I not have a great, great, wonderful episode that not only should you share with other adults, you'll want to sit down and talk to your kids about this topic, the importance of credit. So this podcast is known as Nosy. One thing that I've learned within the last week from just two people that I know that I'm close to, one is my cousin and one is a friend of a place of business that I frequent quite often. My cousin is about 40 years old. My other friend, she's about 27 and both of them have credit scores that are very low. And so me being nosy, I inquired. So I asked a series of questions. And so today's podcast is going to address a lot of the things around credit that maybe even seasoned people don't know because my cousin being 40, almost 40. Yeah, she is 40 years old. And there are things that she wants to get in life. And that I want her to have, because obviously she's family. I want her to be successful. Even the the other woman that I know, I want I want everybody to be successful. Period. But there's a lot of things that people are doing to their credit that make absolutely no sense. So I'm going to go from some basics on what's being done to screw your credit up. And believe me, I know because I took risks in life. I've had to file bankruptcy. So don't get it twisted like I don't know. Now, I did that from a business standpoint and I knew doing a, a BK or filing for bankruptcy, it would really help me to reset my life so that I could go ahead and do other business deals down the road. Hell, Donald Trump filed bankruptcy through several of his businesses and he's a gazillionaire. Okay, and the president of our country. So the problem is not bad credit or filing bankruptcy. The problem is how do you get to that point and what you can do to bring yourself out of it? Because why I say credit is more important. We need food, clothing and shelter. And in order for us to get to the food, we have to drive a car. The shelter We typically have to either rent or buy a home. And most of us are going to get to a certain age where renting is stupid. Okay. Because spending $1,300, $1,400 a month on an apartment when you can spend $1,300, $1,400 on a mortgage and have an asset and something you own and something that you have way more leverage. And I'm going to talk about that on another podcast, but I'm going to hit it lightly right now. Owning a home gives you so many advantages from taxes. So in basics, you save, even though you're paying $1,400 a month, maybe in that mortgage that on the home that you just got, guess what? You're really paying something like six, $700 because you're going to get a tax break on the interest that you're paying on it. So that's very simple math. And I'm, I'll go, like I said, I'll go dive deeper into that next on another podcast. But with your, but the all, the thing that you have full control of in order to be in a position to buy a home, to buy a car, 
and any other major purchase like a boat or television or whatever is your credit. So let me talk in plain and simple, simple English about credit. Credit is a snapshot of how you are as a spender. It's a snapshot to other people who lend money on whether or not they can trust you with the money that they're lending to you, period. That's all that credit is. But why is it so important? Every major purchase, unless you have the money to come up with buying a car, you know, with cash or buying everything with cash, if you live off of cash and you don't, you can buy a home off of cash, you got money like that. You don't need to listen to this podcast player. I ain't mad at you. I'm, I'm hoping to be you one day. But the vast majority of us need a bank to help us get a house, get a car, get a boat, get a motorcycle, get a it, it, furniture. So what, the way this system is set up is that credit card companies, banks, all make money off of you off of them lending money to you, them trusting that you're going to pay it back based off of your credit score, and them giving you an interest rate based off of that credit. So simplistically, if you have an 800 credit score, the banks and other financial institutions will trust you more and give you a better interest rate. So they might only charge you 2 or 3% on whatever they're lending you. If there's a person that has a 500 credit score, you might not even get qualified to buy the house that you want because nobody trusts you're going to pay it back because that's so damn low. And so what I'm here to say, and then in between that, you got people that will take advantage of people who have lower scores, but they're going to hit them at a much higher interest rate. There are buy here, pay here car places that will get people qualified on, say, like, a car that they're selling for $10,000 and they're going to charge them 37% interest or 35% interest. That's what you're looking at when your credit scores are low. So you're paying a lot more for the same car that somebody who has a 700, 800 credit score that could get it at 2.9, 5.8% interest. You're paying seven times as much because the lender has to say, I don't really trust you. So we're going to hike up the interest and also have the ability to repossess that car so that we can take back our asset and attempt to sell it to somebody else. So that's just the simple way of thinking at this whole game. All right. So what is a good credit score? A good credit score is 700 or above. And I I believe the max that you can max it out and I should have checked before I started the podcast, but I believe 850 is the max point. So between 700 and 850 is primo. So with a 700 credit score, if, if lenders of any kind are basing their final decision on what your credit score is, if you have above a 700 credit score, 700 or above, you're probably going to get whatever it is you want, because they'll trust you. Now, what, so that's good to great. 700 700 to 800, that's good. 800 above, that's excellent. That's great. 
below a 700, it's sketch. So can you get a car with a 650 credit score easier than you can, can get it with a 500? Hell yes. And your interest rate will probably be lower. But here's the deal on a, on a home purchase. Purchasing a home is a lot different. And because we had so many foreclosures that happened back between 2008 to 2012, there's a lot more strict regulations on lending money for people who want to own a home. So ideally, you're wanting to have your credit score at a 700 or above to not face that hassle as with people who have a 640 to 699. In that 640 to 699 range, believe me, I know there's been plenty of deal that has been killed because the lender has decided not to lend money and the, the problem came down to credit. So you don't want any of your issues to come down to credit. Now, what are the, some of the major impacts to a person's credit? The biggest impact is charge offs or judgments. If you've got charge-offs or judgments on your credit profile, they hit you pretty hard. The other thing is, if you don't have any good credit to offset some of that bad credit, that's really going to hurt you. If all you're showing on your credit profile is an eviction, is medical bills that are charged off, um, sprint bill that's charged off, Anything that you see charge off on your credit profile, you'll want to analyze that. Now, from the purposes of how it's weighted, it depends. So there's not one general way to really identify which way is heavier. But I can tell you this, that if you don't have something to offset that bad credit, it's it's like you're on life support. You're like, you're getting re- from a credit standpoint, you're getting ready to expire. You need to have something on your credit report at all times that is reporting something good. Okay. I relate it to dating. If you were on Tinder or whatever, and the conversation had to be 100% truthful and you find out that a person has cheated on their spouse or prior person that they were with. They don't have a good job there. They, they uh, are on drugs and there's nothing good showing in that person's personality. Are you going to go, Hey, this is what I want. Well, the lenders look at it, something similar. If they look at your credit profile and see judgment charge off, repossession, eviction, and there is nothing there to offset to say that there's something good about your credit that kills your credit score on, on the other hand. So this is what you have to do. One of the things that I found that for people who have bad credit scores, it's almost kind of like they, you know, people who don't want to go see a doctor or people who are sick and they knowingly are, they know they're sick but they're wanting to not think about it or a person who has money issues, but never checks their checking account. You've got to take the blindfolds off and look at your credit and be so anal about your credit that you check it at least once every three months. That is a, I'm saying that is a golden rule. If you don't hear anything else from me, check your credit 
once every three months. And you can do that by simply going to Credit Karma, you know, download the app and it gives you the, an idea of what you're, you're looking at. So you need to know what you're looking at. Okay, so in one, the example I just gave, say for instance, you're one of these people that has a charge off, has an eviction, has a repossession, and you really don't have any good credit showing. What's the first, I'm giving the worst example right now, because you, from this point on, you're gonna do nothing but build up. The first thing that I would do is I would go out to whoever you bank with. I would save, because I believe Bank of America, Wells Fargo, some of the other ones that are big here in Charlotte, they have these options for secured lines of credit. And what a secured credit line is this. You have $500 that you've saved. You go to the bank and say, hey, I want to open up a secured credit card with this $500. So that $500 is your credit line. And every time you use the card, they charge you interest on the money that you put down as your credit line. And then you pay it back. So it's secured by the money that you put down. Unsecured means that you don't have to put any money down in order to get that credit. Okay. So the first thing you do in the example where nothing but negative stuff is reporting, you open up a secured credit account somewhere. And most, a lot of places, of course, they're going to trust that because your money that you put down is kind of the security that they're going to be able to make money off of you and you're going to pay yourself back. So in essence, it's helping you to pay yourself back. It's very ingenious. It's very smart by these banks. They make the money off of the interest off of your own money. Okay. So here's the, the game plan with this though. If you have a $500 credit limit, you're not going to use more than a third of that available credit in a given month. And each month you want to look to pay that money back at least over a two to three month period of time. Credit is like a muscle. Creditors expect you to be working it, right? You So you charged up to a third of what's available. That is your own money. And now you're going to pay that every month on time, never late. Never, never, ever, 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 never late. You're going to pay that on time. In the meantime, whatever judgment that you have against you, whatever, uh, you can't do anything really about a repossession. That, that That's not, I mean, it is what it is. They took the car back. But if you have been evicted and you have a judgment, you've been evicted from an apartment complex or a house or wherever, and you have a judgment on you, go ahead and look to settle on the judgment. Call whoever it is and say, hey, look, I want to settle with you on this. Will you accept this amount and take the judgment off? Will you, 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 let's get it in writing. I'm, I owe you $2,000. You're willing to take $1,000 and then take the judgment off saying that it's been cleared. And I've done that before for people who have owed me and I've had to sue. So, and when, and I've gone ahead and settled, went to the courthouse, had them remove the judgment. So any creditor can do that. So you first want to communicate with, you know, whoever has a judgment on you to see what can happen. 
then you want to go ahead and take care of it. All right. And taking care of it means so many different steps. There's all these credit repair places that say, well, we're going to send these letters to the creditors. And if they don't respond a certain amount of time, yes, that can happen. And you can do it that long way. But if you really want your credit to be repaired quickly, you want to make sure that you can get to settling that debt ASAP while you're working your muscles on new good debt. Once you get those judgments or, um, yeah, the judgments off of your credit, then, then you're going to start seeing a turn in your credit, which would be very good. One of the quickest ways to get additional help with this, and I know because I did this for my daughter, is I added her on as an authorized user on one of my credit cards. Now, what that did, I I didn't give, I wasn't dumb enough to issue her a credit card because I don't want her spending my credit, but I mean, my credit card amount, but it shows that she has access to that line of credit. And that as long as that credit card has been used correctly and is a strong, lengthy line of credit, lengthy means three years or more, it is going to significantly boost that score. So I've seen it to where family members have done this for other family members to try to help them out with getting their credit repaired. And it's not against the law. It's perfectly fine. But that's one big way to bolster it up. In addition to, again, working your direct line of credit. And then if you get one more line of credit, a secured line of credit, that'll actually help. So to have three lines of credit that's pumping good blood blood through your veins, it helps to offset some of the negative uh, repossession, uh, eviction, you know, charge offs. And here's the other thing that you can do you, that you should do. If there is a small amount, I've seen people when I've run their credit before, they'll have a $69 charge from Sprint because they closed out the account and decided not to pay for whatever reason. They are mad at the, that Sprint or blah, blah, blah. Take the emotion out of it. The big thing is take the emotion out of it. You want to do something that's going to help your life moving forward. It doesn't matter if you don't agree with what they've charged you. Pay it off. Pay it off. Small amounts that get charged off really impact your credit score really impacted because think about it. The common sense is if you can't even take care of a $69 charge, what makes us think that you can take care of a $69,000 condo with that? Why would we want to lend money to you like that? Why would we trust you to pay us back? um, If you wanted to buy a $40,000 Dodge charger, You see what I'm saying? So look at what you've got on your credit. These are some simple tips. It's not the end all be all. There's so much more information that I could share, but I need to see people individually. So if you have credit issues, you're looking to buy a house, a car, whatever it is, um, you know, you can always holler at your boy, you know, and we can talk about things individually and I'll see what, what I can do to help you out. That's what I'm here for to help people out. Let's do it together. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Peace out from your boy.